Today is February 27th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am so grateful to be here with you today once again to learn and lean into this word. No lengthy intro today. I just want to go ahead and do what it is that we came here to do and allow ourselves to be washed in this word, to be reinvigorated, renewed, refreshed, and reset. Are y'all ready to do this? I am. Let's flow into this word as this word flows into us. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22 through chapter 22, verse 16. Good News Translation The Lord said, Keep all my laws and commands, so that you will not be rejected by the land of Canaan, into which I am bringing you. Do not adopt the customs of the people who live there. I am driving out those pagans so that you can enter the land. They have disgusted me with all their evil practices, but I have promised you this rich and fertile land as your possession, and I will give it to you. I am the Lord your God, and I have set you apart from the other nations. So then, you must make a clear distinction between animals and birds that are ritually clean and those that are not. Do not eat unclean animals or birds. I have declared them unclean, and eating them would make you unclean. You shall be holy and belong only to me, because I am the Lord and I am holy. I have set you apart from the other nations so that you would belong to me alone. Any man or woman who consults the spirits of the dead shall be stoned to death. Any of you that do this are responsible for your own death. The Holiness of the Priests The Lord commanded Moses to tell the Aaronite priests, No priest is to make himself ritually unclean by taking part in the funeral ceremonies when a relative dies, unless it is his mother, father, son, daughter, brother, or unmarried sister living in his house. He shall not make himself unclean at the death of those related to him by marriage. No priest shall shave any part of his head or trim his beard or cut gashes on his body to show that he is mourning. He must be holy and must not disgrace my name. He offers food offerings to me, and he must be holy. A priest shall not marry a woman who has been a prostitute or a woman who is not a virgin or who is divorced. He is holy. The people must consider the priest holy because he presents the food offerings to me. I am the Lord. I am holy and I make my people holy. If a priest's daughter becomes a prostitute, she disgraces her father, she shall be burned to death. The high priest has had the anointing oil poured on his head and has been consecrated to wear the priestly garments. So he must not leave his hair uncombed or tear his clothes to show that he is in mourning. He has been dedicated to me and is not to make himself ritually unclean nor is he to defile my sacred tent by leaving it and entering a house where there is a dead person, even if it is his own father or mother. 
He shall marry a virgin, not a widow or a divorced woman, or a woman who has been a prostitute. He shall marry only a virgin from his own clan. Otherwise, his children, who ought to be holy, will be ritually unclean. I am the Lord, and I have set him apart as the high priest. The Lord commanded Moses to tell Aaron, None of your descendants who has any physical defects may present the food offering to me. This applies for all time to come. No man with any physical defects may make the offering. No one who is blind, lame, disfigured, or deformed. No one with a crippled hand or foot. No one who is a hunchback or a dwarf. No one with any eye or skin disease and no eunuch. No descendant of Aaron the priest who has any physical defects may present the food offering to me. Such a man may eat the food offered to me, both the holy food offering and the very holy food offering. But because he has a physical defect, he shall not come near the sacred curtain or approach the altar. He must not profane these holy things because I am the Lord and I make them holy. This then is what Moses said to Aaron, the sons of Aaron, and to all the people of Israel. The Holiness of the Offerings The Lord commanded Moses to tell Aaron and his sons, You must not bring disgrace on my holy name, so treat with respect the sacred offerings that the people of Israel dedicate to me. I am the Lord. If any of your descendants, while he is ritually unclean, comes near the sacred offerings which the people of Israel have dedicated to me, he can never again serve at the altar. This applies for all time to come. I am the Lord. None of the descendants of Aaron who has a dreaded skin disease or a discharge may eat any of the sacred offerings until he is ritually clean. Any priest is unclean if he touches anything which is unclean through contact with a corpse, or if he has an emission of semen, or if he has touched an unclean animal or person. Any priest who becomes unclean remains unclean until evening, and even then he may not eat any of the sacred offerings until he has taken a bath. After the sun sets, he is clean, and then he may eat the sacred offerings, which are his food. He shall not eat the meat of any animal that has died a natural death or has been killed by wild animals. It will make him unclean. I am the Lord. All priests shall observe the regulations that I have given. Otherwise, they will become guilty and die because they have disobeyed the sacred regulations. I am the Lord, and I make them holy. Only a member of a priestly family may eat any of the sacred offerings. No one else may eat them, not even someone staying with a priest or hired by him. But a priest's slaves, bought with his own money or born in his home, may eat the food the priest receives. A priest's daughter, who marries someone who is not a priest, may not eat any of the sacred offerings. But a widowed or divorced daughter who has no children and who has returned to live in her father's house as a dependent 
may eat the food her father receives as a priest. Only a member of a priestly family may eat any of it. If any people who are not members of a priestly family eat any of the sacred offerings without intending to, they must repay the priest its full value plus an additional 20%. The priests shall not profane the sacred offerings by letting any unauthorized people eat them. This would bring guilt and punishment on such people. I am the Lord, and I make the offerings holy. Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 29. And he went on to say, I tell you, there are some here who will not die until they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. The Transfiguration Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain where they were alone. As they looked on, a change came over Jesus, and his clothes became shining white, whiter than anyone in the world could wash them. Then the three disciples saw Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus. Peter spoke up and said to Jesus, Teacher, how good is it that we are here? We will make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He and the others were so frightened that he did not know what to say. Then a cloud appeared and covered them with its shadow, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my own dear son. Listen to him. They took a quick look around, but did not see anyone else. Only Jesus was with them. As they came down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has risen from death. They obeyed his order, but among themselves, they started discussing the matter. What does this rising from death mean? And they asked Jesus, Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah has to come first? His answer was, Elijah is indeed coming first in order to get everything ready. Yet why do the scriptures say that the Son of Man will suffer much and be rejected? I tell you, however, that Elijah has already come and that people treated him just as they pleased, as the scriptures say about him. Jesus heals a boy with an evil spirit. When they joined the rest of the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some teachers of the law arguing with them. When the people saw Jesus, they were greatly surprised and ran to him and greeted him. Jesus asked his disciples, What are you arguing with them about? A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you because he has an evil spirit in him and cannot talk. Whenever the spirit attacks him, it throws him to the ground and he foams at the mouth, grits his teeth, and becomes stiff all over. I asked your disciples to drive the spirit out, but they could not. Jesus said to them, How unbelieving you people are! How long must I stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? Bring the boy to me. They brought him to Jesus. As soon as the spirit saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a fit so that he fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. 
How long has he been like this? Jesus asked the father. Ever since he was a child, he replied. Many times the evil spirit has tried to kill him by throwing him in the fire and into water. Have pity on us and help us if you possibly can. Yes, said Jesus, if you yourself can. Everything is possible for the person who has faith. The father at once cried out, I do have faith, but not enough. Help me have more. Jesus noticed that the crowd was closing in on them, so he gave a command to the evil spirit. Deaf and dumb spirit, he said, I order you to come out of the boy and never go into him again. The spirit screamed, threw the boy into a bad fit, and came out. The boy looked like a corpse, and everyone said, He is dead. But Jesus took the boy by the hand and helped him rise, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive the spirit out? Only prayer can drive this kind out answer Jesus, nothing else can. Psalm 43, the prayer of someone in exile. O God, declare me innocent and defend my cause against the ungodly. Deliver me from lying and evil people. You are my protector. Why have you abandoned me? Why must I go on suffering from the cruelty of my enemies? Send your light and your truth. May they lead me and bring me back to Zion, your sacred hill, and to your temple where you live. Then I will go to your altar, O God. You are the source of my happiness. I will play my harp and sing praise to you. O God, my God, why am I so sad? Why am I so troubled? I will put my hope in God. And once again, I will praise him, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10, 18 Anyone who hides hatred is a liar. Anyone who spreads gossip is a fool. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for life and for brand new mercies every day. Lord, we ask that in the areas where we struggle with fear, doubt, uncertainty, or unbelief, that you would build us up and strengthen our faith. We pray that according to Ephesians 3, 16, 19, from your glorious, unlimited resources, you will empower us with inner strength through your spirit, that you will make your home in our hearts as we trust and lean into you, that our roots will grow down into your love and keep us strong. Lord, we ask that you would give us the power to realize and recognize how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. Lord, we know that we can't fully comprehend it, but we just want to abide in it, to experience it with self-acceptance and blessed assurance so that we will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you. Lord, give us eyes to see 
ears to hear, a heart to feel, and a mind to understand. Because if we live in this love, no power in, on, or below the earth will be able to separate us from it, nor will it be able to defeat us. Your love is perfect. It drives out all fear. And since we know that you are in control, we can rest, we can relax, we can release all the stuff that has us wound up and worried, all the stuff that has us anxious and agitated and aggravated, unsure and uncertain. Lord, we ask that you would give us strength to endure the journey, faith to believe the unseen, and peace to trust in your plan because you are sovereign and you are good. We come against all the negative thoughts and we fill our hearts and minds with your truth. We reject any weapon that the enemy tries to launch against us in Jesus' name. We cast down depression, fear, and anxiety. We starve feelings of angst, doubt, insecurity, resentment, bitterness, and by feeding ourselves belief, joy, love, patience, peace, ease, optimism, kindness, and grace, we triumph. We have the victory. We are overcomers. It is in you that we live, move, and have our being. And so as Jackson said yesterday, Lord, we thank you for you. We thank you for your promises, for your provision and your protection, for your patience with us. Lord, go before us today and lead us onto your path. If it ain't you, if it ain't your will, we don't need it and we don't want it. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our affirmation, what's meant for me is already mine. I am exactly where I am meant to be. What's meant for me is already mine. I am exactly where I am meant to be. And our aphorism, all unbelief is the belief of a lie. All unbelief is the belief of a lie. That's all I have for you today. I am not apologizing for my emotion. God is so good. He is so good. He is so gracious. He is so faithful. And sometimes when I think about it, I am overwhelmed. You belong here. And we belong together on this journey. If God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.